I don't think I need that loud as my voice is. Me and Tommy is as loud as people's in here. <laughs> I'm like a hearty named Nelson Anderson. Nelson. I always have to say that. My sponsor years ago told me, see, I always said your full name and who you are. I did it one time, and I didn't say that. I said, my name is Nelson. So about 2 o'clock in the morning, he called me and said, what the hell did I tell you? <laughs> I said, man, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. He said, what's your name? I told him. He said, I want you to say it from now on. And I've been doing it ever since. And he said, people in the AA, they don't know you. The people you out there with, they the one know you. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's a thing. Uh, about hours, I say hour, called Bill, too. But uh, he was a tough man. I mean, he was tough, but he was honest. He told exactly what he had on his mind. When I come in, I call it tonight, I'm in Fisher Park down on North Elliman Street. They great big church down there on a Wednesday afternoon. Uh, I called and I got home. I told my wife, I said, you know what? I believe I'm an alcoholic. I didn't know what alcoholic was, but I told her that. She said, hell, now you've been one. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, call somebody. I said, can I get some help? And uh, she said, no, you call her. So you had a phone book. You look it up and call, your, call, call yourself. So I called Triple A, and that's uh, <laughs> why it was three A's, you know. I thought it was A. <laughs> and so, and so, the woman said, "Oh, uh, sons, I believe you got the wrong place, and but I can think I can lead you the right way." So you know, and uh, I called Triple A, and I mean, I called the alcoholics and numbers back then, and uh, they always had some. I don't know what I had to do with now, though. It'd been about forty some years ago. And uh, so I went down to Fisher Park, and so they uh, had a, a no, they got Pete Mann, where well, he's dead and gone now, though. But uh, he told me, he said, you know where Fisher Park? I said, yeah, man, everybody know where Fisher Park lies in that church is. He said, you meet me down there. So I went down there. My wife came in down there, and... I seen all these people up there on the hill. I said, hell, it's church time down here. So I didn't know there was alcoholics, you know. So I went down there and had uh, twin dual windows there. And so I went there, and uh, I couldn't find where the door was. So I sat down, and I, got, I was drunk. I didn't know what a, a blackout or whatever then, you know. I, I took me a little man, you know, a Richard, and, and, and drunk it before I got there. And it was in June, and it was hot. And that Richard knocked me out. And so a guy named Stick, he's, I, he didn't tell me for quite a few years ago. I mean, quite a few years I was in the program. And uh, he said, I got you up and catch you and set you down in, in, the, in the place. And back then, we didn't have about 12 or 14 meets in Greensboro. And so down there, probably on Wednesday night, about 200 people or more, you know, and the place be full and smoking and, you know, and it wasn't as bad up to, up the street up there called the smoke pit, but it was rough in there. But uh, we, uh, uh, when they give out chips 
And I said, uh, I didn't say that, and I think uh, Pete Mann, he probably pushed me. I went up there and told him, uh, my name is Nelson Addison, I'm an alcoholic. So I believe I'm a drug addict and an alcoholic. I don't know. Y'all take what in the hell y'all want to take it for. <laughs> now, that's what they told me. Now, I don't remember this, and that's what they told me. So, see, I asked him what I did. See, he went back and so I went back and sat down, you know. So, when me was over with, everybody else uh, was getting up and everything. Somebody must have pushed me again, and I got up. And so this guy was Pete Mann. He comes over to him and says, my name is Pete Mann. I'll be your sponsor until you a temporary sponsor until you get a sponsor. I looked at him. He had, he had, he had a, a, a complexion, a pretty complexion, hair long, and he had a white suit on. And I said, oh, hell, I done met God now. <laughs> and, 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 and I looked at him. Like everybody in there, I said, these God angels, you know, they had white on. I said, oh, man, I got to get out of here. I started sweating, man, and wiping, sweating. Out. Everybody would go with that many papers in there. You know, I'm trying to get away, you know. They, they were glad to me, glad to him. I said, man, God got me hummed up. Now I can't get out of here, you know. I said, all these angels around me, you know. And so... I couldn't get out, and so, so, so Pete finally come over to him and said, how you going home? I said, I'm going to walk. He said, no, I'll take you home. I said, no, nah, I think I'd rather walk. <laughs> so he had a deuce and a quarter. That's a Buick. Don't, some of y'all young people don't know what a deuce and a quarter is. <laughs> and uh, so he had the automatic latch on there. You know, he hit that light, went to get the door, and hit the latch, I took off. I was going down the Ellen Street wide open. <laughs> so he come up and he, he called me and uh, he said, come on, come on. You know, I said, no, God, I don't want to go to heaven. <laughs> so he took me on home, you know, and so I got home and uh, I got a chain that's fence all around my house. And uh, so a piece, I didn't open the gate. Pete said, I jumped over the fence. That was, that was when I was young or not. I mean, there ain't been no time early. <laughs> so I run in the house and knocked on the door. We had a push party. We filled this daughter party now. But uh, I, not, I, I rung the doorbell. I rung the doorbell. My wife come there, and I said, oh, Lord, I done seen God. She said, fool, you ain't seen God. I said, yeah, I seen God. I said, here's book. This 24-hour book, this a, this a little book. It wasn't large like this now. I said, see his Bible right here? And he, he put my destination in this book and my life right here in this book. She said, no, this guy's Pete Man, and this is his telephone number. <laughs> so I said that with my wife. She said, I, I was blacking out. I didn't know what a blackout was. So I'm blacking out in and out. And so, you know, uh, that night, I seen the spiritual waking that night. From that night to this night, I never took another drink again. I never had a desire to take another drink. I guess it scared me so bad. He wasn't God, and I thought he was God, and it took all that alcohol away from me. But uh, I was in bad shape. Uh, Rupert. I got him later called Pete, like he couldn't stay sober, one thing or another. And so they give you a special uh, 
a sponsor back then, you know, and until uh, you get a real sponsor. So a guy named Jane Blackwell, he said, I know a right guy for you. And he said, he's he tough, he mean, he looked like the Roaring Twenties half of the time, big hat on, big suit on. He wore a suit all the time. I don't believe I've never seen anybody with a suit on. You look like Ellis Ness. <laughs> then uh, I called him and uh, I asked him, would he be my sponsor? He said, yeah, but I got, I got rules and regulations. I said, what? I said, what your rules is? I want you to go to meeting and don't open your damn, damn mouth in a whole year. I said, damn, man, the chain wasn't that bad. <laughs> so nine months come up, and uh, I thought I had uh, made it over the hump, you know. So that's when he called me, and I, that's my name. And he said, I told you to keep your mouth closed. So. That was bad for me because he said, you don't know nothing. Your mind ain't right. It takes you for a long time for your mind to get right. And I, that, uh, my wife said, I was just rid of this shirt I have on. She said, like she could stuck a pin in me, I'd bust. And that's how much alcohol and stuff I ate in my body. But I worked every day. I, I worked every day. It didn't make no difference in one thing or nothing. But, you know, uh, that started on top of the, the program, I mean, my speech, uh, I have a lots of time, I have a stamina lots of time, and I get my words kind of mixed up, but I'm, yeah, you know, over 40 some years, I got better, because I said, ah, 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 and I went back there for a long time, why you said, shut your mouth up, <laughs> but I try to line myself up when I talk, you know, and I might go here and there, but uh, because I can't announce the word I'm trying to announce. But anyway, uh, Rupert, uh, he deal with me, and uh, he told me, he said, can you read? I said, yeah, I can read. Why the heck do you think I can't read? He said, I don't know. He said, but I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm not going to read the book to you. I'm going to put you on the, on the 12 steps. Now, you read the book for yourself, but I'm going to learn you about the 12 steps. And that's what he did. And I worked on him 12 steps. He lived in Stagefield. He said, I want you to come out to my house. I said, what did this man want me to come out of his house for? He came out there. We was in the house to start off with. And so he was cussing so much, he cussed all the time. And <laughs> I said, I said, his wife was in there, Winnie. I think her name was Winnie. I forgot her name. But it, that was right, Bill. Bill knowing. <laughs> so... And so I said, I said, Mr. Roof, can we go outside? He came out in the big oak tree then, and me and him, most of him. But uh, he learned me that the 12 steps. He said, number one is the important steps. All these steps is for you, but number one is the powerful step in, in the book. So he said, I want you to do all the way up, and I did, and I woke up pressing the ambulance over myself. I didn't give time. He looked at me. He tore it up. I said, I ought to slap that old man. <laughs> but I didn't. <laughs> he probably shot me <laughs> if I did. But anyway, I tore it up. He said, nobody is that bad. Somebody always got some good in them somewhere. He said, now I want you to go back over and do this all over again. 
and don't let your wife see it. Don't take the, the fifth step with your wife. That's the wrong thing to do. <laughs> so I said, okay, Mr. Rupert. So I went back and I, uh, I did the fifth step all the way through. But one thing in that fifth step, I was going to this guy's wife, and, uh, and I told him about it. And I went to the guy, and I told him, because that's the ninth step. And, and I said, well, you know, man, I got to make my honest thing and everything to you. I was going with your wife and one thing and another, and I went back into a room. He said, boy, as good as you living now. One day, guy didn't shoot you. <laughs> but I didn't know nothing. Like he said, I did not know anything about that. It take a while for this program to really sink into your brains and one thing and another. You drank like I did. But I was a working alcoholic, too. I worked all the time. Because I had to take care of my family. My, uh, he wanted, told me that, uh, that I wanted to go to Fellowship Hall. Fellowship Hall was the only uh, recovery center here then at the time. So, <laughs> so they opened up Crawford Center, and uh, it was two bills in there. They had the same name. And uh, he was Little Bill, and the other guy was Big Bill. So when they opened the coffee center, me and Jane Black, well, he's about seven foot tall, <laughs> and we went down there. So we were looking for a big bill. And this little guy come out, he, he about that tall. I said, Jane said, where the big bill at? I said, that's big bill lay. He said, no way, that's a short man. <laughs> but Bill Crawford, both of them named Bill Crawford, you know, and so they say they got different tongue code. They thought they was calling one or the other one, you know. But uh, uh, I stayed in the program. I went every meeting, every night for five and a half years. I went to meeting every night, every night. I walked up to the club, not this one on Summit Avenue, the other one, and uh, this old man was in there, name. his name was Bill uh, I forget his last name. But anyway, he was sitting there one Sunday afternoon. I walked from my house over to the club. Over, I was friendly over there. And uh, I walked in the door that afternoon. And uh, he said, how you doing, sir? I said, how you doing? I said, I'm doing pretty good. He said, I'm rest sure you use alcoholic. If you wouldn't, you wouldn't be in here. I said, yeah, I come to a meeting over here. That was my first Sunday going to a meeting. And so I got in there, and he sat down, and uh, he was telling me, he said, I don't care what you are, I don't know you a billionaire, millionaire, a professor, a lawyer, or whatever. He said, but you, you got a problem with alcohol, you're in the right thing, you're in the right place. He said, no one in here no better than you are, and you ain't no better than they are. I said, well, I, I know that. He said, well, you don't know jack shit. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, I think I know anyway. <laughs> so, so me and Bill, me and Bill, uh, uh, but like everybody back then, everybody named Bill. You hardly find somebody wasn't named Bill. Done. I said, everything in here named Bill. My wife told me, said, they, they name probably William, but, uh, you know, and they say Bill. So, I started going to meeting, 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 you know. And so 
I got so I loved it, going to meetings. I would go to church on Sunday, you know, my wife be gone with the kids and I go there and so, I said, I'm going to stop by the liquor house and tell myself. I'm going to stop by the liquor house and see what they're doing. In. And I'm going to church. Ain't got no business stopping no liquor house. What I'm going in there for? So, you know, what happened? I don't make it to church. I get highway, high, high, and I go back home. Why? Well, I said, where you was? I said, you know, uh, I'm thinking of a good lie to tell her then. She said, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. So, you know, uh, but... But this program made me a better person what I was and made me a better man. It made me to love other people, not have resentment. I had a lot of hell and lots of hate in my life when I come in, in this program. I, uh, I didn't like nobody. They got pulled out in front of Jerry. I thought I didn't tell Jerry that. But well, see, I, I had to cuss that song gun out quite a few years ago. He pulled out almost something right in the road. Right he go down the street. There. You know, and, and, and that was used to get to me like that. But now I just have to pray for him. I just said to run it to prayer. But one thing else about Rupert, he told me, he said, uh, he's always keep candy in your pocket. Now, this is in June and July. But make sure you use silver bells. Okay, I, I ain't know no better. I'm working in the hot sun over 100 sun degrees. I got a pocket full of silver bells. I reached my hand in my pocket, and all that damn blame stuff to melt in my pocket. <laughs> I couldn't use anything because he said alcohol lost the sugar in it. So you would crave that sugar in your body. And so he, I couldn't use anything. I couldn't use some sugar in there. I couldn't use some peppermint candy. But he said, use silver bell. I said, man, I got to talk to this man. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I, because I like to talk first, and then I tell you about, where, about my uh, uh, coming up life. I was born in one state and came into another state. I registered in this region that state. I didn't weigh but one pound. I know it don't look like it. <laughs> they said I was so small, they could put me in a little shoe. That's how small it was. And it's been many, 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 many years. They didn't have all this stuff they have today. All they had got it was powerful than anything else. You know, uh, People, to me, people believed in God more back. I come up on the country. I come up in, in, on, on a farm. My grandma owned the farm. And her faith was praying to God all the time. She could look up in the sky and read the sky and the, sky and the moon, what it's going to be, how the moon. They didn't do nothing when wasn't, wasn't the moon wasn't right. It wouldn't pull the teeth. It wouldn't do nothing. That moon wasn't right. wouldn't plant, plant a garden uh, plant or the farm or nothing if that moon ain't right. They wouldn't kill hogs but that moon was right because the meat be tainted. They went more about faith than anything else. This program is almost like my grandma was. You can come here and get sober or get off other drugs. But you got to want this program. You got to love this program. You got to love other peoples and care for other peoples. 
You can't walk around the old people like you walked around with. You cannot walk around them. You can't be around them all the time. Rupert told me, said, son, said, you, said if your wife drinks and, and you drink, and say you might have to leave out the house. I said, well, thank God my wife don't drink. He said, okay, you got it made then there for a while. So I had no problem about my wife because my wife don't drink. So me and her come on good terms at times. You know, I, I'm soon to be married. She will. I will tell people she be married 65 years, you know. I mean, I was there in, in, in Streamline, you know, but she took care of everything down, you know. And But anyway, I was born, I was born in, in, I was born, they came in Augusta, I was born in Augusta, and then moving back in South Carolina. Now, my family, I don't like to talk too much about them because I get angry today, and most of all of them, the old ones, all the old ones died, the, the other the old one died uh, about two weeks ago. He was 99. All my family, most of the old ones, they lived a long time. My grandmother, she lived 112. My granddaddy lived about 101. It go on and on that way. My grandmother and my father, they were seminar Indians. My mama was a Blackfoot. They used to call crows. They named them Blackfoot, and they Indians too, though. But see, when you come in different nationalities of people like that, they have a lot going on in life. See, you didn't say nothing when you was a child with old folk. Find yourself getting up out the floor, cause they would smack you right in the mouth, <laughs> and those dead about it. I don't understand the day. My grandma whooped me. My granddaddy never whooped me. He would carry me down in the barn down there after I grew up. He carry me down in the barn, and my grandma would tell him to carry down there in the barn and give me a good whooping. Now, my granddaddy get me down there in the barn, so my grandma, she made this uh, scuffing down wine. My, my, my granddaddy had a big chewing, you know, make this scuffing. I don't know about y'all. y'all I know some of y'all know about it. it I don't say it, but I know you know about it. <laughs> but uh, my granddaddy said, uh, Nelson, you, you get that there and we have his cup down there. And I get me a shot. And he said, holler, holler. He'd be hitting the, hitting the barn, you know. Even though whoever me, I'd be hollering up something. My sister said, boy, granddaddy killing Nelson down there, down there, now. <laughs> he was killing with that wine. That homemade wine was good, man. <laughs> and so, you know, uh, I was, for me, I was uh, a child with odd from other children. I had 64 teeth. They were double. I had four touches up and down. And they say I was mobbed. There were people back then they didn't know what's wrong with you. They, they put a put a put a price on you. But anyway, I had another brother. He was a pretty little brother. Pretty hair, pretty skin. He was he was he was he was, he was gorgeous. And everybody took up for him. 
tell me, get out of the way, you little ugly rascal, you get out of the way. <laughs> and I couldn't understand that. My brother, I think I might have got jealous of him. I don't know. I Really, I don't know. I was about seven, eight years old at this time. And so down where we came from, uh, it's like the old Western picture had dynamite in these little houses. And me and him used to go down there and have black powder in there and look drum about like that, how we go in there drum. We'll pull our pockets up, and then we'd go somewhere else, and we'd sit and just see this, the flame come from it. It's pretty. But back then, kerosene was as powerful as gas was. It didn't cover five cents a gallon. And gas wasn't but 10 to 15 cents. And so, you know, we started playing with this gas, and I mean, this casing, and he got some on him one Christian Reeve, and got too close to the fire pot, fireplace, and uh, he caught a fire and burned them. So they got an old lady there that could talk fire out of you. And uh, he had been burnt so bad, they couldn't get it out of him. I was burned it all up, too. And you can hardly see it. And never had a, a plastic surgeon nothing like that. Uh, they talking about me, but you look at me close right across there where my face was all burned up and everywhere. But uh, by the grace of God, everything grows back. So it grows. I growed and I lost my teeth. But before I lost my teeth, back then, the old folks, they say, like your mom, grandma, men didn't know. I had one brother whoop me one time and one uncle. Most about women. Women did the most raising. And my grandma, she'd wake you up around about 4 o'clock in the morning on the farm, you know. And you wake up, you're sleeping good by that time in the morning, and you find something beating on you. My grandma would be wearing me out. So something come popped in my head with these touches I had like a mad dog or something. And I said, I'm going to bite this old lady. <laughs> they would put their head between their legs and then they the real. They don't whoop you with no clothes. Now. Nah, they ain't going to tell up the clothes. Have it sticking up there. So that morning, about 4, 4.30, I put them teeth in her. I bit a plug out of her leg. She wasn't no bigger than a broomstick. <laughs> and she, from then on, she whooped me a different way. <laughs> but, but you know, uh, I got so uh, uh, I wanted to leave, and I got I got about thirteen replying and one thing and another. I never could pick cotton. I mean, I, I said something wasn't for me. I got whooping on the mill in the end and around the road too. You know, everywhere I go, I never could pick. I was ever think I ever pick about forty pounds of cotton. I put some water. And some rocks, too. They weigh it up in the field. <laughs> but I, I, I started crying in 1948, 1938. My mother never raised me, so dad left and went to Philadelphia. So I told my grandma I want to go up there where she was. So my grandma sent me up there. But, you know, on the way up there, my granddaddy, before I left, my granddaddy, my granddaddy told me, he said, look, they never drink red liquor. 
because you come to be a drunk. So you know, I always drunk white liquor. <laughs> so had an old suitcase, you know, put over there with uh, uh, checkerboard, I call it, suitcase. He put me a half a half a jar over there and a piney in that side, you know, and I put my little rags I had in there. And I was on the way. So that was back in 43. I come to Greensboro in 43. And uh, I had a brother in here, so I didn't stay here long. I was bad, though. I was bad. I, 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 I was dirt bad. And my grandma said I never lived to get 19 years old because of the way I was down there. But, you know, I, I, I tripled at 19 almost. Oh, I did. And, you know, and so I went to Philadelphia. I come to Greensboro. I stayed here for a while. I went to school here a while. And so my brother said, I went up to Philadelphia. I made a big mistake when I left down south. Them people up there. I thought people in the South drank. Them people, they drank all the time. Say, so give me some water where they look at. Dang, they don't, they don't drink water. I drink. But they didn't feed you neither. <laughs> you know, it, it was something I couldn't understand because uh, I went to school down South there with my grandmother. She would make them good hams. There were ham back in them days. They were good ham. You could smell it cooking a mile. Big eggs and everything. I mean, it was good food. And I would go to school, and I would trade. I would change. These people come from the town. They had them on peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> so I would give them my ham sandwich for the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. They were glad to do that because they thought they, would, they was eating better, and I was eating dirt, <laughs> peanut butter and jelly. But I love peanut. I love peanut butter today. I just take a jar, just eat out of it, you know. <laughs> but, but but my child life and uh, when you're in a mixed family like that, you have a hard time sometimes. So I went there, Philadelphia, and then it sent me from Philadelphia. I left there and went up to Hempstead, New York, back to Brooklyn, back to New York City, and I I was a, a traveling child. You know, uh, I, I was evil. I thought I could do things I couldn't because the people in the north fought different from the south. In the south, we run into one another like a bunch of mules or something, or horses, and butt one and throw them down, you know. And them guys stand up there with boxing. They know how to box, and they beat your eyes out. <laughs> so... I had lots of relatives up there, so they learned me how to box, but I got a lot of beating before, before then, though, you know. Uh, but they learned me how to box. I got pretty good at that, you know. And uh, and But I, that north is not for me. I, I just don't. It's good. Some relatives I've been up there, some of my relatives went up there. They said it back in the 20s. And in, in the late... Uh, Eight, 18. But for me, no. Greenberg getting too large now. <laughs> when I come to Greenberg, I think back in 43, I think about, about 10,000 people in the city of Greensboro. 
you know, it was small. But look how large it's grown now. You get lost in it if you don't go on the right side of the town. Don't go at night or you can't hard to find your way back home. But, you know, uh, uh, I stayed in, uh, in, in alcoholics and now, like I said, learn me how to live, learn me how to be a better person to my wife. And one thing that I never could tell my wife of my kids, I love them until I come to alcoholics and now. I came my, my daughter now in the college. I, I had this come in. I told Rupert I could go to Fellowship Hall. I think Fellowship Hall was about about eight hundred dollars at that time. <laughs> he said, "I can get you in there." I said, "No, cause I got a daughter going to college," and so she went to Carolina. I got down there, and I wanted to tell her so bad, "I love you, baby." This, this, that I couldn't say it. I couldn't say it, cause my parents never, we never, my grandma, my granddaddy, or nothing like, we never braced one another and said, "I love you." I guess they figured like I did. I know they did. They love you, but they never opened their mind. I learned that in Alcoholics Anonymous. I went to, when I went to Fellowship Hall, I mean, uh, went to, when I come in the program that night, that same night, people, men walk around and say, I love you. I said, oh, shit, I'm in the wrong place now. <laughs> I said, man, all these things in here? So... It whispered my ear, you know, just, I love you. <laughs> oh, man, I ain't that away. <laughs> I didn't tell them that, but I was telling myself, you know. So, so I, I, told, I told my wife, I got home that same night, she said. I told her, I said, I said, I said honey, I'll tell you, I want like people nice, though, but there's too many funny people sitting there. They hugging me. <laughs> They love me. No, no, no. She said, no, that's the way of speaking. But see, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I, I didn't know anything about alcoholism. I didn't know anything about alcohol. You know, but 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 you you come in here like Bill there. I've been knowing Bill ever since yeah, I've been in the program. He had the same sponsor I did. You know, uh, we went to lots of different places. When his sponsor tells me go back then, he tell you go, you go. I didn't ever know they had a further penitentiary to Bill Kettis down there. Me and Jane Blackwell. The same guy I'm talking about, he about he about almost seven foot tall. And put him, he cramped up in the back. I don't know if we know it, I think Bill had a ponac or something. But anyway, that guy that tall and me, I was six two and a half at that time. And he was back on the same side, and he was sitting up there like, a, like, like he was in the strand. But, but we, we learned a lot from that place, and it was a beautiful place. I said, Don, why I didn't make it down to Fellow Penitentiary? Them guys live like a ball on that big gym and everything, you know. <laughs> but uh, I remember one night it, it, it was snowing, and one thing or another, and Ruth called me, and he wanted me to go to. on the 12-step call. And I said, no, nah, man, I can't go on the 12-step call. This, you know, it's raining and snowing out there. He said, what you did when you wanted to drink? I said, when I didn't get it. He said, well, hell, you go out there and go go to the 12-step call, you know. But but I appreciate that man. He did and gone a long time now. But but he learned me a lot about life. He learned me about this program. 
what I have to do and what I don't have to do. I have to give my name. I have to tell when I come in this program. He should always do that. He said when you, these people think you're your friends or one thing or another and you come down the street, they'll go on the other side. I said, this old man lying now. And best God, when I was coming down the street, these guys that run around where they went on the other side. I said, dang, that man must be a fortune teller. <laughs> but, you know, he was true. Everything he told me I can remember, it was true. He said, don't talk. I mean, yes, real nice looking women. We still have nice looking women in there. Y'all ladies don't get me wrong now. But these women, they were very rich and one thing or another, and me and Jane Black. Well, Jane Black was a little nervous, but uh, they want us to care, to care us out the done and all this, and, you know, and, and uh, kid it over there one day. He said, Nelson, I hear you can eat. And I said, yeah. She said, I'm going to buy everything you want, and you're going to eat it. And I said, yeah. I did. <laughs> now, on my eating line, by the time we to close here, but on my eating line, I got married with my wife. I didn't like my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to get on there with down there the marry, and then when they're going to say Whatever they said, and I was going to walk out. But you know that John Cone got me, though. I, I get that. Next morning, I woke up, and uh, I already had my house and everything. I woke up the next morning, and I looked over there in that bed. They had twin beds there. I said, what the hell are you doing here? She said, we married. I said, hell no, I'm not married to you. But see, I meant to walk out, though, but I got drunk, and I couldn't walk out. And I, I was the type of person, I was eating drunk now. I was eating drunk. I would eat 20 eggs, 20 biscuits, pint of sausage, and about a half a pot of coffee, drank a half a pot of coffee, and drank a half a fifth every morning. And lots of time I'm on the work, I'd get me a half a gallon of ice cream and eat it on the way. <laughs> My wife said, now, nah, said, son, said, I'm glad you don't eat like you do now. You used to eat because we couldn't afford you. Because I was buying a whole case of eggs. It wasn't nobody but me. I buy a whole case of eggs. It wasn't high back then, days, you know. And so she got up that morning. She cooked two eggs. And I said, what the hell is that? She said, that's your brother. I said, not mine. And so... She learned and the bread would look white. I said, woman, you can't much cook. <laughs> but, 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 you know, uh, she was a country girl, and so she knowed how to cook. But I have a good wife. She stayed with me. I would know. I, tell, I, tell, I have told her that she would like me nowhere in the world I'd have stayed with her. I hit her, slapped her a couple times, 1960, in the early 60s. Now we did a wrong mistake. She hit me in the back of my head back there with a frying pan. Never turn your back on a, on a woman. She hit me right back there. And she knocked me, that's a flip. 
I didn't go back, I went forward. I said, I'm going to try it one more time. I did it again. She did it again. <laughs> Last time I did it, I did it three times. Last time I did it, I, was, I loved knives. I loved throw knives all the time back then. And I learned how to throw it. And so we had a shotgun house. I was going out the door. After a while, I got to the screen door. I felt something hit my leg right there. Throw that knife right in my leg. <laughs> but the liquor told me to keep forward. I pulled a knife out, dropped out, and went on, kept walking. I never went back. But I'm so glad Jerry asked me to talk tonight. I hadn't did it in a long time. I don't know how Bill keep it up with me better than I am. But uh, I hadn't talked over 20 years, probably. But uh, I got a, sometimes you get old and, uh, and, and you get out of notion, you know. Uh, then your eyes, you can't have, so you got to go tomorrow to get them here. Uh, shot tomorrow. I mean, my eyes, and uh, I don't go no more at nighttime. But I go in the morning, you know, and I meet a lot of guys, like Mike and Jerry and them. It's good to meet people in, in, in this program. You have all this problems you want, but you see another alcoholic, then you something changed. I don't know actually what changed, but it changed in you. It's a spiritual program, but you know, it's like God with you at all the time you work in this program, which you would never do today. But I say thank y'all. Thank Jerry for asking me coming. <laughs> ah.